Charlene and Bob Steinkamp, the founders of Rejoice Marriage Ministries, are pleased to bring you the following message. To find out more about other materials available from Rejoice Marriage Ministries, or if we can minister to you in any other way, please contact us. You can write Rejoice Marriage Ministries, P.O. Box 10548, Pompano Beach, Florida, 33061. Please visit our website at www.rejoiceministries.org. Our hope is that through Charlene's message, you will receive the encouragement from the Lord, and with His strength and power, your marriage can be all that your Heavenly Father planned it to be. Welcome, welcome to Rejoice Marriage Ministries. We're thrilled to have everybody here at Rejoice Pompano. And last month we had a great big picnic and we got to stay and talk for many hours. And tonight we're back to our home again and teaching. And I'm really excited. We're in August. I pray you have all had a blessed summer and relaxed. I pray you've had time with your children. I pray you've had time alone with the Lord. And I pray that you have made um, some goals. And uh, I'm going to give you some goals tonight uh, to get ready for the school year with your kids. Or if you don't have your children, then I've got goals for you anyway. And we're excited about tonight. Let's open up with prayer. Lord, we just thank you for tonight. We thank you for all that you're doing and all that you have done in this ministry. We thank you for um, the website growing and being um, remade and um, the all of the app that is going to be uh, birthed soon. And Lord, we thank you for all of the growth that we've had. Now we ask that you would open all of these standards ears around the world that are going to watch this and in the future even. We just ask that you would open their eyes to see the truth in the word. We ask that you would open their eyes to see the love of Jesus. We ask that you would open their eyes and see the light. You are the light. You are the truth. And Lord, we ask that you would open our hearts and dig up that hardened heart and turn it to a heart of fertile soil and, and plowed soil. And Lord, we want our heart to be softened. We want to have a softened heart, a heart of flesh. And we just ask that you would take all of the prodigals, all your spouses, husbands and wives and children and family members that don't believe in marriage restoration. We pray that you would speak to them and give them the revelation knowledge that you have, Lord, that you've given all of us that with God, nothing is too hard. And God, you created a covenant, and it's for life. And we know that marriage problems do happen throughout marriage. But we know that we can work through them, and you can guide and direct us, and you can change us, and then change our spouses. And we can be a lighthouse wherever we go to tell others that we don't have to give up on our marriages. We don't have to be separated. We don't have to get divorced. We can work on it and we can pray and we ask the Lord to change both of us and work on our marriage together. Lord, we thank you for tonight. We ask that you would touch every prodigal around the world, that you would put Holy Spirit conviction on them, that they will come to their senses this very night, that they would have a personal encounter with the Lord and the Holy Spirit will speak loudly to them and start speaking to them marriage restoration. 
and realize that the elder person, if there is one, is a counterfeit. It is not the one that they made their commitment to and their wedding vows to. Lord, we ask that you would bless tonight, anoint me, may you be the teacher, and may your word be used as, as a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our pathway. It, God's word does not return void. And we will just give you the praise and the glory for all that you're going to do with this uh, teaching. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I'm going to open up tonight with my scripture that I'm going to be using. And uh, my teaching tonight is going to be, um, I have a title and a subtitle. And it's God's grace is sufficient. And it pays to pray. And if you have not found out it pays to pray, then you haven't been around long. So we're going to uh, give you some more tips on that tonight. But I'm going to be teaching about grace. And, and it's not a subject that we really have really uh, done a lot on, but there's a lot in the Bible about grace. So you, um, I pray tonight that you're going to be filled up with God's grace tonight and his mercy because he is, wants to forgive us. He wants us to turn our hearts right to him, and then he wants us to be filled up with the Holy Spirit. But I'm going to go now that you've gone uh, to First uh, Peter 5. I'm going to start in verse 8. So these are some challenges that already I'm going to start with. So um, you can write that down and you can uh, get um, what we're going to try to deal with tonight. Be self-controlled and alert. So right there, it's telling you to do something. Your enemy, and that's the devil, Satan, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Well, if we are in this room, they found, the devil found me and Bob. So I assume he's found your husband or you. Resist him. There's a, an assignment right there. We have to resist the enemy. Standing firm in the faith because you know that your brothers throughout the world, around the world, are undergoing the same kind of suffering. So you may come in now tonight bleeding and feel like you're suffering and you're hurting and feel, may feel hopeless. But I want to tell you, the Lord is saying, you know, be self-controlled, be alert, stand firm. And sometimes we don't stand firm. Sometimes we're sort of barely hanging on, and uh, we're, we don't want that. Tonight, we're going to hopefully have you walking out like soldiers of the army. And the God of all grace, there's that word, grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ after you have suffered a little while. It's only for a little while. That's hope. That's encouraging. Will himself restore you and make you strong, firm, and steadfast. To him be the power forever and ever. Amen. Now, I want to tell you, this is one scripture that you can go back and you can read it again and again and examine your heart and your mind in Christ Jesus. If Am I being self-controlled? Am I being alert? Am I understanding that God of all grace, who called us to eternal glory in Christ, 
that after a little while, that God is the Holy Spirit is going to restore you. So I'm not going to teach because I could teach right on now and we'll just skip the music, but I'm not going to. we got a lot of in-betweens. So anyway, uh, let's stand up and let's open up with Here I Am to Worship. And let's worship the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords.
What a beautiful name it is. What a beautiful name it is. What a beautiful name it is. The name of Jesus. You were the word at the beginning. may be seated. Dropped my phone. Well, welcome to Rejoice Pompano. I'm Lori. For those of you that are new that I haven't met, I am Bob and Charlene's daughter, and so I would extend my welcome to you as well. Um, 
What a powerful name, right? Have you been there where you can just say nothing but just utter Jesus, 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 Jesus over here? Like, I've been there, so I understand. Well, in July, we were not here. Did anybody come to the meeting in July and find us not here? I didn't hear of anyone, so I think, did you come? All right. I hope you went to the restaurant and had a nice dinner at least. <laughs> well, in July, we had a picnic and we had a great time. So thank you to those of you that came with us and joined us. We had um, somebody that came from Brazil that was the furthest away to come to a picnic. But we had a wonderful time um, fellowshipping together and seeing some people that had not been coming regularly, but they got to come to the picnic and some that traveled to come. And so we had a great time. We had great food. The kids got to play on some fun things. And in a minute, you'll see that some of our guys were out there hurting themselves on the basketball court. <laughs> but we had a great time, so thank you. So I think that's going to end up being something that we need to do regularly because it was great fun that we had. Um, I also wanted to just um, remind you, my mom made mention of it when she opened, but we are in the middle of doing our website upgrade and building a Rejoice Marriage Ministries app. And so for those of you that have not heard, we are literally in the final stages of it. It has gone much faster than we anticipated. And so we are hoping that in the next like month or so, four to six weeks, it will be public and you guys will get to utilize it. So we're playing on it, testing it. It should be phenomenal. So keep praying for that. Keep praying for the details. And it seems like you're close to being done with something. And then when you're at the end, you know how you have all those little details that keep popping up. So that's what we're working on now are all the details. Um, I also wanted to remind you, last time we were together in June, we gave you a gift, those of you that were in the room, and it was access to Right Now Media. So a lot of you have activated your subscription, and there's a few that haven't. So if you're struggling with logging on or creating an account, on the yellow sheet that's in front of you, just write a note that you need help with Right Now Media, or if you were not here in June but you want to have that, um, let me know on that yellow sheet. You could leave it at the bookstore table in the back and we can give you access to that. Right now, Media, for those of you that don't know, it is an online collection of Bible knowledge. It is everything from um, Bible studies from Beth Moore to Bible studies that men teach, married Bible studies, parenting Bible studies. Um, it's, it's got thousands of hours of teachings on there. And so it is a wonderful thing to have when you have those days where you feel discouraged and you don't have church that night and you need some encouragement, you could just turn on Right Now Media and you can listen to some godly teaching and get encouraged. So if you're not on it, please get signed up. It's something that we're trying to give you. And so take advantage of that. Um, we're going to do our birthdays and anniversaries, and so we're going to do a little bit different this month. If you have a birthday in August, will you stand up? Birthday in August. I'm going to make you stand. Okay, anybody else? Just two birthdays in August. Okay, well, happy birthday. Um, our gift to you is an item at the bookstore. So if I'm on the way out tonight, stop by the bookstore and grab a free CD or a free um, book back there. And now, anniversaries in August. Anybody get married in the month of August? There has to be a lot, I would think. Okay, those summer anniversaries. All right, well, happy anniversary to you all. And the same thing, you can grab an item at the bookstore in the back on your way out. 
Um, I wanted to read something to you. Open up with me, if you would, to Joshua chapter 1. Joshua chapter 1. And while you're flipping there, let me just remind you that September, the first Monday when we normally meet, is Labor Day. And so we're going to meet the second Monday in September. It'll be September 11th this time. We will send you an email to remind you, but just so you can make note of it also, we'll meet September 11th. Okay, Joshua chapter 1, are you there yet? We're going to start in verse 5. And this is after Moses has died and Joshua has been given an assignment and he's feeling a little overwhelmed. And you might be feeling a little overwhelmed with your assignment that God has given you and a little like, I'm not qualified to do this. Ask the next person to do it, please, because I don't want to. But this is what um, is happening in Joshua's life right now. Verse 5, no one will be able to stand up against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you or forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land. I swore to their forefathers to give them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Verse 8, do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be terrified. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will go with you wherever you go. And there are no mistakes in this Bible. There are no mistakes in that in those four verses, be strong and courageous is listed three times. Now, when you're reading a book, you don't see the same words repeated over and over. An editor would cross that out. But God's saying, be strong and courageous, be strong and courageous, be strong and very courageous. And that's my challenge to you today. When you feel like you cannot take it and you cannot go another moment, be strong and very courageous because God is with you. Well, we're going to take a few moments right now and see who has had something happening in their life in the month of, uh, well, we haven't met for two months except at the picnic. So if anybody has a testimony, we have time for a few testimonies. If you want to come up here and share what God's been doing in your life, or if you just saw a small miracle happen, um, then you can come up and share. So are there anybody, anybody that wants to share? Okay, come on up. There will take three people. So here's two, one more. Is there one more? And three and four. Yes, come on, come on. No, I promise. All right. <laughs> Now everybody can see you. I'm just saying, okay, well, we'll have you stand right over okay. here. We can solve anything. Okay, well, just say your first name. My name's Renee, and um, this is my first night here, and I came to the picnic, and I'm very, very thankful because I need this kind of support. Um, but I want to share with you, I just got back from a very short trip up in Michigan. I just flew in tonight and made it to this meeting, so Good. praise God. Very but I did see a miracle this weekend. My brother-in-law, his name is John, suffered a stroke. He's only 63, and he was found unconscious by my oldest sister Friday morning, and they didn't know how long he was unconscious, and they flew him to Ann Arbor, 
and they found out that he had a stroke and the blood clot, because he had been out for so long, was unable to give him any unclotting medication. And we were told he was in a deep sleep because of where the clot was. It was telling his brain to stay asleep. Mm. It was so serious that it could either keep him comatose or he might wake up. And I just want you to know that we called upon all our brothers and sisters who are prayer warriors. And in, in fr this happened Friday, Saturday, Sunday, today, what, yesterday, he was opening his eyes. Hallelujah. Amen. The ventilator, he was on a rest, ventilator breathing, came out. He wow. breathed on his own. This is a real miracle because they said the three days was going to be 70 years. Today he walked, sat in a chair. He's up wow. and talking. Wow. And he's talking. So we're still optimistic and hopeful. But for believers, we know we just Amen. witnessed a miracle. Amen. We have. We have. Amen. So good to have you. Thank you. And the, one of the subtitle of our prayer um, meeting tonight, it pays to pray. Never, never doubt the power of prayer. And as she has shared, I'll share later, but God is moving in the people that are praying. You, we don't think that God's moving because we can't see anything with your husband or wives. That is the devil's lie that he wants to tell you. But when we are with crisis of physical illness, we are hearing and seeing God moving more to tell us it pays to pray. You've got to believe in the power of prayer. I've, so. heard, I've heard that miracles happen when everyone does their part. Comes in agreement. Comes in agreement. And, and I just Where two or three are gathered, it right. is done. God so bless they, you. They, 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 All right, they, I'll just go down. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I thought she was going to. She's brave. I'm not. Maybe the one to jump. <laughs> Guys, how you doing? I'm Dave. Uh, nothing dramatic, like a restored marriage, uh, but a hopefully something subtle. And, you know, usually the Lord does act so subtly, you, you don't see it. And I hope it's the situation right now with my wife and I, because with a lot of apprehension, I had to ask her. We have, we have a grandson coming first uh, week in uh, October, so with a lot of Lord. apprehension. I had to pray, uh, for like, for about a month and a half. Now, uh, to ask her to get together to be there for the arrival of our grandson. So the apprehension is basically because she divorced me, okay? It was a couple years ago. So the apprehension was because of what I saw, a very serious relationship uh, <clears throat> growing with her and somebody else from, uh, from uh, Facebook. But anyway, so, so I gave her a call last night, and she said, yeah, let's get together. And uh, hopefully we'll work something out. <clears throat> and hopefully through that, now I, I wrote my, my son a note stating the fact that how special his relationship is with his grandparents, okay? Amen. And how my relationship was special with my grandparents. Amen. It's not like grandma and the other guy <laughs> type of thing. So uh, hopefully the Lord will work uh, subtly and and so we can get back to, you know, growing in a friendship, but into the oneness that we had somewhat, but to a special oneness that we never really had. 
and really big time in Christ. This is, okay. going, to, this is going to open the door where he, she can see you in a new image while you're going back and forth and seeing the grandson. And, you know, just, just radiate the light. The Lord will do the rest. But having a grandchild is awesome. Hope you have many. I have eight. I wouldn't trade one of them. <laughs> Come, dear. Thank you, David. Hi. What's your first name? Debbie. Okay. So this is my first time here, but um, Charlene is like, boys. you're like my best friend in my head. Amen. So. <laughs> Amen. I listen to you every day, but... Um, Praise the Lord. I just had a small thing happen yesterday, but it was a complete blessing because I wasn't expecting it, and uh, I had drove home from work, and I was sitting in my car, and of course, one of those days, I was crying. I was like, I don't want to stand anymore. <laughs> I, I don't know why I let We've him back in. Right. I don't know why I let him back in, and... Um, because my prodigal is home, but um, he's been there for a month. Oh, well, uh, excuse me. Excuse me. Could you repeat that last sentence? My With a smile. Let's, let's do this. Okay, okay, let's okay. practice this. Well, let's say it right now. God has... God has brought my husband home. Praise the Lord. We have to, we have to say these and the way the Lord wants us amen. to say that. Amen, amen. Amen. Now, so, there's a process of yes, marriage restoration. Which, That's <laughs> where it pays to pray. Yes. <laughs> so I, you know, cried out to the Lord and was upset and all, you know, because he's still confused. But I get in the Give house. Give him time. I, I know. I'm so impatient. Don't. Oh, my. <laughs> Takes nine months to have a baby, you I know. know. <laughs> So birthing I, I, a new marriage here. <laughs> I know. I walk in the house and I get a hug, a kiss, and red roses. So I was encouraged Woo! by the Lord. So okay. I took my time and I thank you God. You zipped your lip. I Debbie sure did. <laughs> I sure did, and I just I just praise the Lord because it was the encouragement I needed. Because you don't see it, but. Oh, Amen. you saw a lot. I saw, I saw a lot. So you I, saw a I'm lot. Very, very I'm glad you were up here. <laughs> now, there are material about the process of marriage restoration. And it is a process. They don't, they come home because the Holy Spirit told them to come home. And then when Bob woke up the next morning, he's thinking, oh my gosh, what did I do yesterday afternoon? I went and got married. I'm supposed to be marrying another woman. You know, I mean, can you imagine what my husband was thinking? I know, but I mean, and then we went on a honeymoon because we've never had had really a big honeymoon. So we went on a honeymoon on the cruise ship and I knew he was battling. I can't believe I did this, you know, thinking of how that the Lord had been speaking to him for so long. So it takes time for them to get rid of the guilt, the shame, and to rebuild their heart and life on the solid rock of Jesus Christ. And you are the one that's the secret to praying for all this to happen. And you show him that unconditional love. 1 Corinthians 13, you all have better memorized so that you can, you know, just radiate the love because you're radiating and representing Jesus on this. And you guys, be ready because suddenlies do happen. Thank you so much. And flowers after a first month, that's pretty good. Oh, my. That is awesome. Well, what, 
a new person, this, and she's been listening, and then she comes tonight to share that. She obedient? She is obedient. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Come, Michelle. Hi, everyone. Um, well, I've been standing for a while, but God is good. And um, I'm excited to say and share that um, since we didn't have Rejoice in June, right? July. July. And then I couldn't make it in June. Um, my husband called me and suddenly and made his announcement that he's done with the other woman. Praise now, the there's a lot more to this because he, I'm going to say, was in a non-covenant marriage. So um, I'm not going to go into details, but he did call me to let me know. And... Um, it was that suddenly, you know, it was that suddenly where, um, you know, should I answer the phone? I always answer the phone for my husband. I don't fear that, and that's something God has put in my heart to just be there and answer the phone. Amen. And, um, and, you know, that's our prayer as a standard, um, you know, that suddenly is going to happen. And prior to that, I had been fasting and praying, fasting and praying, you know, because as standards, that's what we do. We fast, we pray. We're always in that season. And um, it, it happened, and I still, obviously, I see my husband often, but I'm very patient. You know, I'm not trying to question the Lord, what's next, what's going to happen. I just stay in prayer and just trust the Lord that he will direct my husband Amen. every step of the Amen. way. And I will be home waiting for the full restoration. Amen. Yes. Amen. That is so awesome. And there are a lot, many non-covenant, several, I'm not going to say a lot, I mean, I want to use my words carefully, several non-covenant marriages that God is moving in them. And so just because it's a non-covenant marriage, do not be discouraged because God is a God of restoration. So anyway, we're going to do a prayer time and Lori's going to come up and uh, share how you, we do it. Um, but we're going to pray, and I cannot emphasize um, tonight as we're t teaching about God's grace and mercy, but we're also teaching about it pays to pray, and I cannot encourage you enough. If you have not disciplined yourself to a prayer time, to reading the Word of God, this is what we're going to be starting to talk about, but there's power in praying where two or three are gathered together, it's power in praying. So listen to the instructions, and we're going to take a time to pray for a couple of people each. For groups. She's trying to steal the instructions. Do you hear her? She's, I know. She can't help herself. <laughs> well, we are going to pray. There's, this is the most important thing we do tonight is pray, and that's the most important thing. I know that the fellowship with each other is great, and worshiping through music is great, and the teaching, I'm sure, will be great. But this is the time where we can really just pray to the Lord and also pray for each other because we do need to be lifting each other up. A lot of you don't have that support in your family or with friends or at co with coworkers. And so here you have that support. Everybody in this room is at some stage of the same thing that you're going through. And even if you think my problems are so crazy, 
or you have no idea, or my spouse left 25 years ago, or my spouse is still home and we just don't get along. Whatever it is, there's somebody here that's been through that. So what we're going to do is just take a few minutes to pray. Um, we're just going to go into groups of two or three. So wherever you're sitting, if you can find one or two people to pray with, and you don't even need to waste time um, just finding out what you can pray for for them, but everybody pray for yourself in that circle. Just pray for whatever is on your heart today. And um, when you get done with that, will you all commit this month to remember who you were praying with? Everyone should have a name tag on and you and you can know their name and um, just commit to pray for them this month and for whatever their prayer request was so that we can be lifting it up and we can continue to see um, miracles happening. So just let's spend a few moments in prayer. Men, if you want to gather maybe on this side of the room, there's a bunch of men here and you guys can pray together on this side or if you're with your wife, you can stay and pray with your husband or wife. down and wiped our tears away stepped in and saved the day but once again I say amen and it's still raining but as the thunder rolls I barely hear you whisper through the rain I'm with you and as you Falls. I'll raise my hands and praise the God who gives and takes away. And I'll praise you in this storm, and I will lift my hands. For you are who you are, no matter where I am. And every tear I've cried, you hold in your hand.
Lord, we thank you for the opportunity that we have to come together and to pray publicly. God, we don't take for granted the gift that prayer is to us. And I just thank you for each and every person in this room and for each and every request that is being lifted to you right now, Lord. Father, I thank you for the men and women that are standing and praying for restoration of their marriage. And I thank you for the men and women that are here tonight together as a couple to say, Lord, we need help and we want to grow to be more like you and we want you to come into our home and to be the head of our house god whatever the circumstances in this room you know what it is and lord we know that nothing is too hard for you so i pray that on those days that seem so difficult and those days that seem so hopeless and there's no situation that that you could handle god we know that you can handle it so lord i pray that you would just um, give us the faith to face each new day Lord, I pray that as the um, children are preparing in our area to go back to school soon, that you would just be especially with them. Lord, I pray for the children that are going to be at new schools because of the situation with their parents and moves that have happened over the summer. God, I pray that you would just protect these children. I pray that you would protect them in the situation they're in as they go to mom's house or dad's house and are exposed to people and to situations that might not be healthy for them. Lord, we pray that you would just protect the children. God, we thank you for what you're doing in this area. We thank you for what you're doing in the lives of the people in this Bible study. We thank you for the testimonies tonight that have proven that you are in control and that even when it seems like a situation is hopeless, Lord, you can turn it around. So I pray that you would just give each and every one of us the um, faith to have that belief, Lord. God, I pray that as we um, continue our evening tonight, that you would just quiet our hearts. I pray that we would be able to hear from you and that you would just speak clearly and show us what your desire is for our lives. Lord, we pray especially for each um, husband and wife that is not here tonight, that is um, somewhere else, and we pray that you would just go after them tonight, God. We pray that you would um, speak to them, that they would just feel that they have an emptiness that only you can fill, and we pray that um, you would not help us to let up on praying for our prodigal spouses. Lord, we love you and we thank you in your name. Amen. All right, remain standing and we're going to continue in song.
Lord. Hallelujah. Wait on the Lord. Is that what we need to do? Wait upon the Lord. I am so glad to have everybody here tonight. I'm, I've uh, been praying about this for a while. And uh, I just have to say, before I get started, that um, it pays to pray. And it's so funny that we had a girl come up and share about her brother. It's a brother, right? Brother-in-law. Brother-in-law, okay. Because um, last Sunday, um, our church, um, and I'm not going to say the name of the church, so we'll go, not go all that way, but um, our pastors, um, ha- when we went to church, and this is going to happen to you guys, is, is, and I'm sure all your churches have prayer um, chains and all the different people that you have to pray for and everything, and it's important. But our, we went to church, and um, we, they said um, the pastor and his wife are not there because they're at um, the ICU with their son who had an automobile accident. But it was actually a moped, and he went through the uh, windshield, and it was a, um, an accident, uh, hit and run. And so anyway, it started last Friday, and he was in ICU. And he had a brain injury, trauma, and it was very serious. And, um, and they said, um, even he, a pastor came Sunday night uh, several days later, and uh, it was, let me think, let me get my days right, a week later, um, that he, we prayed, everybody started praying. They said, tell everybody you know, it's on our chapel page and everything, and they said, we're praying for God to stop the bleeding, stop the swelling, and heal the brain and, and all the trauma that it had. And uh, I'm not going to go into the details, but the bottom line was on Wednesday, he was discharged. He was declining. <laughs> Pastor Candy um, spoke that night and said, um, Sunday night, and said that he was declining and, and everybody was seeing it. But Sunday morning, this is a week later they spoke about it, but Sunday morning, once they said to the church services, start praying and t- telling everybody, immediately, they started seeing change hour by hour by hour. Then on Wednesday that week, he came home, and then Sunday we saw the pastor and his wife, and she says, I'm praying that Christopher will be here um, this coming week. But he is 20 years old, came home for college, and uh, we're praying for the brain to function and get healed and all the trauma that it's gone through which is much, uh, pray for Christopher for have a total healing of his brain to go back to college and be all right. Um, but it matters, it pays to pray. You do not have any idea what we're missing by us not praying those short prayers. Those long prayers, those short prayers. And uh, on top of that, Lori and I have, I have a couple that we've known and Lori's had a family, uh, church friend, uh, for many uh, years, and I've known them for 50 years, and she grew up with their kids and brothers, and, and uh, her um, close friend her, um, had a heart bypass and was told it was really, 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 really bad back two months ago, 
and he's been on medicine and having all these problems and complications, and he came through the surgery perfectly and no complications and is going home tomorrow. Uh, so we give God praise on that. And we've been praying for two months. Now he still has some issues to deal with, but pray for Rich. Pray for a total healing for Rich because we are praying that God hears our prayer. We know he hears our prayers. So we want Rich and them. And the bottom line is, is fasting and praying does work. And God does move and he does answer our prayers where two or three are gathered together. So I just wanted to encourage you guys to tell you that if you ever doubt your prayers, may I remind you, it is the devil that is telling you not to pray. It is the enemy who's trying to defeat you, discourage you, say you're too busy, too tired, or whatever reasons. And you can add probably 10 more reasons. I don't know how to pray. That's a lie from the enemy. And so we want to give the glory and honor that God is in the miracle business of healing and resurrecting and restoring marriages. And he's also heal in the heal business of healing and touching bodies, souls, and spirits. So we just want to give you the glory. I'm going to have Kayla come up and embarrass her tonight. Kayla is my granddaughter, one of my eight grandchildren. And many of you know her because she has been here five years with our ministry when she started at 13. And she has traveled with me to California, uh, Oklahoma. No, where did know we went? To Texas. Ohio, Los Angeles. I mean, we have traveled, and we have had three to five girls that would be with us with doing the bookstore. And I am telling you, I am so proud of my twins. And, uh, and uh, Kayla and Kyle are going to Liberty University. And I just knocked off my thing, so now, but that's all right. Uh, but anyway, now Kayla is going to fix grandma. Um, but anyway, uh, she is going to Liberty University, and they're leaving in less than two weeks. And I just, we're going to have to say a mini goodbye to her because Lori said, well, she'll come home in January for a, a month or three weeks. So we might get her on the first month of that month. And anyway, she has been a blessing. And uh, we've got over there at the table is Madison, and she's a senior this year, so next year she's going to be going away probably. And so all our kids are growing up. Allison was here many years ago, and she is becoming a policeman and going into the criminal justice part, and she's going to college. So anyway, my kids are growing up, but I'm not. Um, but anyway, I wanted to give you a card from the ministry to say thank you so much for what you have done. And yeah, I keep falling apart now. And she has learned a lot. And uh, what, give me, uh, you want to say a word of wisdom? <laughs> now, now let, me, let me say that her uh, brother, uh, Kyle, has had a call in his life and told us that he went to youth camp and he feels that he's going to be, wants to be, God has called him to be a pastor. And uh, I was hoping you would speak something. No, but she's the opposite. <laughs> she doesn't want to talk in public. So anyway, 
Um, if you see her today, you wish her well, but pray for her. Pray for Kyle and Kayla and all the kids that are in college, all the kids that are in school. We have a responsibility now to start praying for all the kids around the world that are going to be facing the circumstances and the school things, the bullying and all the things that go on, especially if they're children of God. So anyway, I just wanted to bring that up. Your kids are going to school, and I guess this is as good a time as to say, are you ready for school, kids, to get back to school? I want to challenge you that as they go back to school, you will go back to school. You will become a student of the Word of God. You will allow the Lord Jesus Christ to be your teacher and be your educator, your counselor, your advocate, your defender. But you must know who you are in Christ and you must know that the word is sharper than a double-edged sword. You must know, you must put on the armor of God. When um, they came out and announced about our pastor um, uh, not being there and being in the uh, ICU, the one that spoke and preached that day, their first comment was, if you do not put on the armor of God, you must. And they used a whole teaching for five minutes of you've got to put on the armor of God for you and your loved ones because they are, need to be protected from the fiery darts of the enemy. The, pastor, um, um, the pastor's wife spoke just one week before and said to the church, I feel like God is telling us to pray for our children for God's protection. And this happened. So we've got to pray. School is starting, and the devil does not stop. And we need to pray for our children as they go to school, as they come home, and for everything that they are facing while they are going in. But when I told Lori I needed you to visualize that while your kids got all these nap, uh, pack, uh, um, school packs, on their shoulders, weighing a ton with books, you need to get a visual that you need to have the same thing in your home. You need a bag. You need a bag. And you need to start creating a bag that is going to be where you're going to spend half hour a night. Now, I'm, I would say longer, but I don't want you to have a panic attack right in front of me. <laughs> But I, I'm really strongly suggesting you turn off the TV, you turn off the, the phone, and, and give God a half hour. You will find out that when you do that half hour, it will turn into an hour. You will turn, find out that once you start reading the word, you hunger and thirst for the word. And that's what I'm... I'm and this summer, you may have a straight away from being disciplined in reading or in praying, or you're having the kids around all the time, and it's hard and it's busy. But I want you to get some things. And Lori only put a few things in here today for me. But I want you to get a notebook. 
Keep record of all these different things that God is speaking to you. You need to journal. Have you started journaling? Oh, I wish I would write all the things that happen to me every day, and I don't, and I regret it. But you need to have a journal or a piece of paper or even have a notebook like this in the kitchen or in the family room that when something happens, you write it and you put it in there and just write a, a line and a date that you can remember the things that happen, like your husband calls you. Praise the Lord. You, that's a praise. Write it down. And then you can see what God is doing. And when you get discouraged, pull out your journal or pull out this, the, this daily journal that you're keeping of just things that are happening. Are, we need to be disciplined. We need to take responsibility. We have, uh, I, I, there are Bible studies. Like Lori said, we've given you something that we have said we want you to grow in the Lord. We do not want our people to perish for lack of knowledge. And we have given you that Roku that you, it's free for our people. And we want you to, to discipline yourself and, and start listening to them and write down your notes from what they teach you. And, and then be a lighthouse. You might even have a girlfriend that doesn't understand that or a, or a friend that you hear at work that has marriage problems. We need to be a lighthouse and tell them the truth. The truth will set them free. The lack of knowledge is they will go to the, and listen to everybody that's telling them to give up on your marriage and they will go to court and file for divorce. And that's, that's crazy because we're, we're the lighthouse, right? We're to be the lighthouse. So let us get our books, get everything, get your pens, get all what you need for your kids. But I hope you will get your own special notebook, special bag. I have a bag I brought in tonight. Here's my bag, you know, and I put my things in it. But be organized and, and let's be disciplined. You know, you can tell your kids, have you taken your test and how did you do on your test? Well, I'm going to ask you, how are you doing on studying the Word of God. How many chapters of the Word have you read? Have you read the Psalms? Have you read the Proverbs? That is my question tonight. And, and it's not to condemn you, it's to convict you that we need to apply the Word of God and we need to grow to have healthy and strong marriages. And we won't if we don't read what our, it says about marriage in the Bible. And do it topically. I love doing things topically, you know, or get a special one. Do love. Do marriage, you know. Do one on divorce, you know. We don't, you know, you'll find what it says about divorce. But, you know, um, so that's my challenge for you to begin with. For, you know, um, we can say, well, it's August. Yes, we've got all the kids going to school. Almost all the kids are going to school in Florida and many other cities and states or, or September, and they're going to college. So uh, they all have to be disciplined. They have to get up. They have to go to the classes, and then they have to come home, and you're there telling them to do their homework or they're going to get an F. Where are you spiritually? What is your grade tonight? And what does it need to be? So... Lord, we just thank you for tonight. We thank you for all of our children and for all of the ones that are going away or the kids are um, at their other parents' home right now. 
that are going to be coming back. Uh, Lord, we just ask you to be with every uh, child. Lord, protect them and uh, touch their hearts and protect them and put the blood of Jesus, hedge of protection, a wall of fire around all of the children, the parents, and their family members. Lord, we ask that you would put the armor of God on, on one of them and all of them. But we ask that one will at least make that commitment every day to put on the armor of God, that we put the belt of truth around us, that we walk in truth and not in error. We put on the breastplate of righteousness and we walk in holiness and Christ-like living. We put on the gospel of peace on our feet, that wherever we go, that we would walk in peace and not in strife and anger and bitterness. Lord, I lift up the shield of faith to block all the fiery darts, extinguish all the fiery darts of the evil one coming against our entire families. And Lord, we ask that you would put on the helmet of salvation and that we would walk in Christ-likeness, but put on the helmet of salvation that we know who we are in Christ, that we know that we're saved, we're sanctified, we're filled with the Holy Spirit, that we would take captive every thought in our minds and make it obedient to our Lord Jesus Christ. Lord, I just pray and praise you and thank you for the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, sharper than a double-edged sword. And Lord, I ask that you would teach our standards to never not put on the armor of God on every day on their family and loved ones. But Lord, I pray that they would teach other people to ask them, their best friends, their best um, girlfriends, to say, are you putting on the armor of God? And may we continue to protect our church and our families and all of our people by being uh, ready to fight against the enemy. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power, put on the full armor of God. And that's what it says in Ephesians 10, verses 10 to 18. And we just give you the praise and the glory, Lord, as we open up your word tonight that you would speak through me and anoint me and touch me. You be the teacher, and I will be the vessel. Lord, I thank you that nothing is impossible for all these testimonies we've had tonight. We give you the praise and the glory for them. We ask you that you would be with all of the people that, and the spouses especially, that are prodigals, that are battling in their minds of how to escape from the trap of the enemy where they are, have got a girlfriend, a boyfriend, or whatever they've got, what relationship going on, how do you get out of it, and what the shame and guilt that they feel of coming home, and all the, the how to come back into a church, or how to come back into the family. Lord, give them wisdom, give them direction, and show them the way of escape. Lord, we ask that you would be with all the standards, and increase their faith, their hope, and trust in you, and that they will apply the word of God to their heart and life and take captive every thought and make it obedient to Christ that when we hear or feel we need to give up or it's too hard that we know that is not the Holy Spirit speaking to us and we will just give you the praise and the glory. Help us grow, Lord. Help us be uh, the men and women of God that you want us to be and we'll just give you the praise and glory in Jesus' precious holy name I pray, amen. Okay, it pays, God, God's grace is sufficient. God's grace is sufficient for everything that we go through. And I want you to know that. And then I'm going to subtitle it, which I did already, and it is, it pays to pray. 
And we've already seen that with the testimonies that we've already had tonight. So I want you to know that um, we have a high priest uh, that's our intercessor, that is our high priest that is praying for us all the time. Do you know who that is? Jesus. And, and, and we've got to understand that Jesus is always, never breaks, never takes a go to bed, and he is always at the right hand of God the Father. And it says in many different places in the Bible that he is interceding for his children, you, me. And we need to understand that when we feel that we can't, we, we don't know what to do, we're in a crisis, what Lori said several minutes ago, which maybe you weren't here, was cry out Jesus. Jesus, help me. Jesus, what do I do? Jesus, rescue me. Jesus, what way do I turn? What is the answer? We need to understand the Lord Jesus died on that cross, paid the price, and he is right there on the side of the Heavenly Father, and he is our intercessor. You know, you may say, I don't have a prayer partner, and we've got to open our eyes to say, we have Jesus interceding for us. What greater prayer partner could we have? Is that not right? We've got to get out of that self-pity that the devil puts on us. We need to open our eyes, our ears, and soften our heart. And we have got to come to the point that we are going to be victorious standers, that we are going to radiate the Lord Jesus Christ. We are going to smile at work. We're going to tell them what God has done. And we are going to not have an a up and down a EKG of uh, trials and tribulations that we want to say to them, I can't, uh, I'm glad I don't want to become a Christian. You know, we don't want to do that. We want to say, pray, and God moves. And we may have to stand and wait for a period of time, but it may be because we are not changing enough, or we are being have bad habits. It may be for multiple reasons, but will you trust the Lord and say, Lord, your timing is perfect, and I am going to stop complaining and grumbling like the Israelites. Now, if you don't know the Bible, you may not know who they are. And if you're a brand new Christian, you're excused. But the Israelites went around and around and around for 40 years. And God was so good that their clothes and shoes never wore out. But they were disobedient, and they grumbled, and they complained. And how many times Moses repented and repented and repented, and God says, you know, I'm just going to kill them all. You know, I mean, I'm just, you know, they, they, they don't get it. What would Jesus, if he came to be the teacher tonight, when Holy Spirit came, what would he say to us? What would he say to us 
if he went room by room and bedroom by bedroom or wherever in an in a office building and just say, I'll talk to you one at a time. I'll give you 15 minutes. And he goes one by one up and down the rows. What would he say to us? You're doing good. You're standing in faith. Stand firm. Don't give up. You're on the right road. Or would he say, what are you doing? Are you not reading the word? You know, we all make mistakes. I was the one chasing my husband with the other woman, trying to kill them probably. I didn't know what I was going to do <laughs> when I found them. But and that was on Mother's Day. I ruined uh, my on Saturday, actually, the day before Mother's Day. I ruined my mother's mother-in-law's Mother's Day because well, I lived right close to them. And I, so I know that you can be a Christian and be totally blinded by the enemy because we've taken a detour road. But the Lord brought me back to my senses that night when I sat in the chair crying out, Lord, forgive me for divorcing Bob. Now look at this. Now look what I've got. And now it's worse now than ever. And I love him and I want him home, but now he won't forgive me. You know? And you know what Bob, the Lord said? We got to start. He told me about this. He said, you've got to start at the beginning and start studying the Bible and start reading the word and start knowing what you need to do. Hebrews 4, 15, and 16. If you belong to um, hiding God's word in your heart, you can join it or write it on the yellow piece of paper and say, hide God's word and we'll sign you up for it, and then you accept it. But it is memorizing one scripture a week, every week, for 52 times. Now, they're not long scriptures, but I'm sure you should do that because God wants you to hide God's word in his heart, in your heart, so that you will know it. So I would challenge you, if you haven't joined, join that. And this is our Sunday's devotional, uh, Hiding God's Word, um, scripture. So let's read it out loud. Uh, Hebrews 4. Well, I won't do that. I got too many scriptures of different varieties. I'll read it out of mine. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Hebrews 4, 15 and 16. So I want you to really understand what that is saying. We're, we need to approach God's throne of grace with confidence. And that is the word I'm going to use tonight. I pray you will take all your doubt, your fear, your unbelief, and I pray you will start and choose to walk in faith, hope, but put the word confidence. That you're going to trust the Lord like never before. And that he is going to show us that he is going to guide us. And, and um, uh, verse 15, I didn't read because we are only doing 16. But it says, for we do not have a high priest who is unable 
to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet was without sin. So let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. How and what two awesome scriptures. You can memorize maybe verse 15 on top of that, but it's very, very good. Matthew 17, I'm going to take you to, talks about um, Jesus. And when he would, Jesus, when you read the Gospels, it will just increase your faith because you see all that he did for all the people. And he was constantly teaching the disciples so that they would be ready, which they did not understand yet, that he was going to die on the cross and then they were going to take over and be the apostles and, and be the disciples going out in Acts. That's all of Acts is where they went. But you know what they did first? They had to pray and wait for the Holy Spirit to come upon them, wait for the empowerment. So in Hebrews 17, it, I'm going to tell you a short story, and it starts with verse 14. But there was a crowd, and Jesus knelt, um, was, was there kneeling and talking to them. But this man says, Lord, have mercy on my son. He has seizures and is suffering greatly. He often falls into the fire of the, or in the water, and, or, and I brought him to your disciples. Verse 16, but they could not heal him. Now, that is not in very, many, um, in very many scriptures that it says that, but it says they could not heal him. And Jesus' response was, O oh, unbelieving and perverse generation, how long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? He's not very polite with his disciples. Bring the boy here to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of the boy, and he was healed from that moment. Then the disciples came to Jesus in private and asked, Why could we not drive it out? And he, this is his answer, and this is a warning for us. Because you have so little faith. I tell you the truth, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, Move from here to there, and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. That's a mighty scripture. You know, I've taught about the, the mustard seed frequently. And, Lori, we probably do have uh, the little packets tonight by chance. Yes? A few. Okay, so the ones that don't have them, if you don't have them, Lori can give you some. If, put it in your Bible. If not, we'll mail them to you. But... The thing is, imagine that he's telling us, what are we low in? What don't we have much of? All right, you got it. Okay, we need to ask the Lord, increase my faith, you know. And, and it says, um, in the other, it's written in another place, um, that he's the, the same story is in more detail in Mark 9. So I'm going to go to Mark 9. If you want to, you just write it down. The scriptures I'm going to be flipping to tonight. But uh, Mark 9, it says, and I wanted to get the point to you. So 9, it's Mark 9, 14 to 29. 
And it says, immediately the father of the child cried out and said, I believe how my unbelief. And that's what we need to say, Lord, get rid of my unbelief. Get rid of it. Move it completely. And that is a prayer that we need to pray. We can pray, remove all my unbelief, remove my doubt, remove my guilt, my shame. Whatever you're battling, whatever lies the enemy is speaking, ask the Lord to remove them in the name of Jesus. You know, the Lord has, I'm sure, given you many special scriptures, and you can personalize them. You know, I, this week, have been reading and studying, and I came over three different devotionals with Ephesians 3.20. And I said, wow, you must want me to have faith or believe in this scripture. And it's one that I love anyway. But I thought I would share it to you for you also. Because he gave it to me three times. I figured he wants to share it with me to share it to you also. Ephesians 3.20, you may already know it. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. We've got to believe we must believe. I had a flashing, I had a great big at Christmas last year, had a big sign, believe. Because we need to touch our hearts to say, I choose to believe in the power of my Lord Jesus Christ. I choose to believe in the mighty power of God who created the heavens and the earth. I believe in the power of the Holy Spirit that God sent us afterwards. We are never alone. We need to believe. You're on a spiritual journey. Where are you? Are you at the mile marker one? Or are you at mile marker 400? Where are you? We need to get serious about standing, and we need to say, I want my husband home. I want my family restored. I want my brothers and my sisters and loved ones saved and filled with the Holy Spirit. We want that. So we need to become a student of the word, and we have to make a commitment to spend time with the Lord. Are you praising the Lord, or are you have anger and bitterness and stuffing that anger, bitterness, and hatred uh, in, down into our hearts? So many of our people um, have doubt and unbelief, but they also have anger. Anger against the other person. You know, one person you can tonight choose to forgive and repent tonight of having that unforgiveness is that other person. That other person is being used by the enemy to be a pawn in this mess that they have. But it does not mean that God didn't die for her or him for them to come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. Does that make sense? You know, you can pray for her. There is, you know, there may be a mother or father or grandparent praying for that person to come and lead that situation. And so you can agree with them and you can be praying for them because most of the people that, are, that have gone into this, that that's not God's will. We know it's not God's will. So we need to pray that they get saved and they will be obedient and sever, cut, and destroy all the ungodly relationships that you or your wife or your kids are having. Ask God to destroy all the ungodly relationships.
and sever and cut and destroy all the soul ties that they have had with anybody, even when they were a teenager. We don't want any of that. We want to sever, cut, and destroy every and all things that there is nothing blocking them coming back home to you and your family. We need to say, I need to radiate the Lord Jesus Christ, and I don't want to fight with the other person. We need to say, I know when Bob called me and said, um, she needs to talk to you, I've got her, and I did not know she was on the phone three-way, by the way. Did not know that. Thank God I didn't scream, holler, and yell at him. But I listened, and he said, I need you to meet with so-and-so because uh, her husband's keeping the kids because of me, and she, can't, and she wants the kids, and I don't know of anybody better that could pray for her than you. <laughs> Hallelujah! He knew I was a prayer warrior. And you know what? You need to be identified as that also. You need to be identified that if you have marriage problems or, or your husband gets sick or your wife gets sick, they are going to pick up the phone and not call anybody else but you to say, I need you to pray. That is your goal. That is your goal that then when they have problems, they're going to pick up that phone and say, I need you to pray for me. Now, they're not going to like when you say you're praying for them, but when they get in trouble, they will want your prayers. And Bob wanted my prayers, and except he was up in north, and she was where I lived, and so we met at church. I can't think of a better place to meet. And my son was 16 years old, and the sound man, as he is right in the back, and, and they were, he was doing the sound for uh, Southern Gospel Music, and all of a sudden, you know, um, I said, yeah, I'm busy tonight. It's Sunday night, so Tim is going to the other church, so we're going there. Uh, here's the church address, and I'll meet her there. Well, we did, and remember when it says hug and, and say uh, kind things to the person next to you? I got to hug her! I prayed, the, oh, Lord, touch her and prepare her to, to listen to my, what I feel you want me to do, what am I supposed to do? And I mean, I prayed all the way down, and Tim said, I don't think this is the place to do it. And, and some of the people said, I, it's like bringing the devil into the church. I said, I know she needs to be saved, so that's a good place to be. But I am telling you, be ready. Be ready to pray. Do not say, I don't want to pray for so-and-so. You want to pray for the drug addict. You want to pray for the ones that have got the gun facing at you. You want to pray for everybody. There is not a soul we don't want to pray for, do we? That night, I was able to share my testimony with her. Um, now, number one, she wanted to leave. I prayed with her at church. And I said, please, let's go to Denny's. And it's right close by, and I need to talk to you. I really don't want to talk to you. I said, you don't have your kids. You've got nothing else to do. So let's go over there, and we'll pray more. So I went over there, and I said, let me just share my testimony. Let me show you what I did. Now, I, she got told my husband that I was crazy. You know, I was uh, out of my mind, that I was dreaming that he was ever coming back home. But the point is, I got to share my testimony of my mistakes and what God has done for me and how he changed my life. And I got to say, guess what? You're not the enemy. 
You're just the person. Satan's out to steal and kill and destroy your marriage. And you know what? I'm praying for you and your husband and your kids as I'm paying for mine and for others. And I said, so we're going to pray one more time that your husband will bring the kids home tonight. And we ended up at the end. And you know what? The husband brought the kids home that night. So to, that showed her God answers prayer. But it also showed that I told her, you're not the enemy. And I know you're planning a wedding with my husband. And I will be telling you, I will be waiting till uh, I'm in the 80 years old. And you may get divorced and get in third and fourth marriage with other people. But my husband is coming home sometime. God is, I believe and stand on the promises of God. And so what we got to do is we need to not, we need to be joyful. We need to be ready to radiate the Lord Jesus Christ. We are an example to people we do not know all day long that are, are looking at us. And we need to understand that. Turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, please. If you want to or write it down, you don't need to go to all of these. I will just going to read them to you. 1 Thessalonians is a scripture that I have taught on. God gave it to me from my pastor when I went in afterwards and repented for divorcing my husband and said, now I want my marriage restored. And he gave me, well, I wanted him to give me some huge theological something. And he goes, I feel like God has given you, me one scripture for you. And uh, he said, and it's verse Verse Thessalonians 5, 16, and I'm going all the way to 24. And it says, be joyful always. He said, you need to get, notify your face that you're, you're happy and you're standing and fighting for your marriage to be restored. You are walking in depression and you are not notifying your, anybody that you are joyful, that you're a believer. Pray continually. Right there, what is our subject tonight? It is that, that um, God heals marriages. Grace is, God's grace is sufficient, and it pays to pray. Okay? It pays to pray. So it says, pray continually. How, how long is that? How much is that? That means all the time. It means those, that when you're doing your dishes and you're putting them in the dishwasher, you say a short prayer. It means to be creative. I know that you may think I'm crazy about this, about praying, but I talk to God and to the Lord and the Holy Spirit all the time. I mean, I, I, I do other things. I'm busy with kids and everything else, but it's amazing and in 15 seconds what you can say. And I think we need to notify the Lord. Lord, I don't know what to do about this. I don't know how to pay this bill. Please help me. Show me. Which way do I turn? Which way do I turn, left or right? Lord, I've lost a paper that I need at work. Lord, will you help me find it? Lord, I need a, a, and pay, I need a pay increase. I cannot even pay the bills. I put your um, bills in the Bible and say, Lord, you are my provider, Jehovah Jireh. Will you help me meet all my bills to be paid? And go on and on and just, just don't limit the prayer time of a half an hour to be your relationship with the Lord. It is a relationship. It's a fellowship. It's a close time with him. So anyway, pray continually. Give thanks 
in all circumstances. May I read that again? Give thanks in all circumstances for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. That means he understands right where you are now and he wants you to thank him that though you cannot see a child being healed, though you cannot see a husband being um, going through bypass surgery, even though your uh, husband, your um, uh, brother-in-law is on a ventilator, you give thanks that God is in control and he is in the midst of this. And even if somebody was to die, as Bob did, he went to heaven and he was ready to meet the Lord. And there was, we were, it was a celebration at that time when we knew what was happening. Do not put out the Spirit's fire. Do not treat prophecy with contempt. Test everything. Hold on to the good. Avoid every kind of evil. May God himself, the God of peace. Do you feel the peace of God? Ask God. The Holy Spirit wants you to have peace in your life, in your marriage, and, and have the peace of God upon you. And it says, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body, that's everything, guys, be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. That is so many promises, so many nuggets of gold in just 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 to 24. Dissect it. Look up. Have, um, uh, I have in my Bible a concordance in the middle of it and a reference Bible where it gives you the references to those words and you can look up additional scriptures. I love my reference Bible because you can look up more scriptures and grow in the Lord, and that's what we need to do. We need to say, Lord, and it says, do not put, uh, put out, the, and uh, one of them says, do not quench the Holy Spirit. Are we quenching the Holy Spirit by our attitude, our behavior? We don't want to, do we? When we read this, it makes you aware that, Lord, we need to say, Lord, Forgive me of my anger, my bitterness. Forgive me of my hopelessness. I believe you can do anything. And remember, remember David and Goliath. D Goliath was a big enemy. You have a big enemy. It's divorce. It may be separation. It may be adultery. It may be any number of things. But remember David. He was a young lad, a boy, who was a, the shepherd. And you know, he wanted, they wanted to put on the armor on David to fight this Goliath, but he didn't. And I didn't look this up today because this is a freebie, but it said, David said to Saul, I know what my God can do. He protects me out in the, in the fields. I killed the bears and the lions. I am not afraid of that Goliath who's nine feet tall. And he took his slingshot, what he had in the, always had for his weapons, and he used it, and used it and killed Goliath. And he cut off his head. Your Goliath is not an enemy that you cannot destroy. It is the Holy Spirit is going to empower you to say, your enemy let God take care of it. But you need to understand that God is greater. 
and it's a spiritual battle. Remember Job. Remember in the first chapter all that, how great he was. He was blameless, living a Christ-like life. But Satan came around to and fro and said, I bet if I destroyed his family, I bet if I take his money, I bet if I even touch his body in chapter 2, he will not, he will curse you. But he never did. And if you go to chapter 1 and 2 in Job, but go to 42 and see the blessings and how even though everybody was negative to him, all his friends telling him, what did you do wrong? It wasn't what he did wrong. It was God allowed it to turn and to show other people what he could do. God had to put Job through testing. You're going through trials and testings. It's not necessarily always what you have done. Are you walking in unforgiveness? We need to know that we got to get rid of it. In Romans 8.28, you may know it, but there's a lot of new people. And we know that in all things, God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. What then? And verse 31, what then? We shall say in response to this, these things, if God is for us, who can be against us? Will you believe that tonight when you leave here? Romans 8.28, 31 and then 37, no, in all of these things, we are more than conquerors, more than conquerors through him who loved us. Are you willing to trust the Lord completely for everything? That's where we got to sell out to. We must trust the Lord and don't under, we may not understand everything, but we must trust the Lord. And that is where we need to understand is that we will say, I trust you totally for my whole life and my whole future. I trust you totally, Lord, completely. Are you ready to write that down and pray that and surrender and do that? And not think of an escape clause to where you can go on with your life. God knows your age. God knows your circumstances. God knows everything. But we're going to pray all day long is to speak to my wife, speak to my husband, bring them their memory, bring me to their memory all the time. When they look at a baby that's a grandchild, that other person will never fit in. Never. And, they, and, and David has got a plus on that. There is nothing. Does that always bring them home? Not instantly, because they're strong-willed and hard-hearted and all, but that's what we're praying for every minute and throughout continually for God to move the mountains and melt the mountains as wax. So Proverbs 3, 5 to 8, I'm not going to read because you probably know it. It's trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not under your own understanding. It's not about you and your understanding. It's about God's assignment. He's called us. We need to understand. We need to submit to him. Lean not and in all your ways submit to him and he will make your path straight. That's a promise. Stand and write these promises. In that notebook I talked about, that blue notebook, write a promise down and then write the promise of the, all the promises that God gives you. God is going to guide you on the right road and head you the right direction. 
in Psalm 37, it says, Psalm 37, verse 5, it says that you have to commit your way to the Lord. Have you decided to totally surrender and have you totally decided you want to work on your marriage? Do you want to work on your marriage? Have you totally sold out and don't have a pause, ready to put a pause on it? And it says, verse 5, 37, verse 5, commit your way to the Lord, trust in him, there's that trust, and he will do this. Now, verse 6, he will make your righteousness shine like dawn, the justice of your cause like the noonday sun. Be still, verse 7, how many times did God say, zip your lips, listen to me. Will you listen to me? Read the word. Let me speak to you. You know what? In part of your time with the Lord, read and pray and then stop for three to five minutes. That's going to seem long to you, but stop and say, Lord, speak to me. Speak to me. Tell me. What do you want me to do? What do you want me to change? And let the Holy Spirit start to learn the Holy Spirit's voice. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Do not fret. Do not worry. Do not worry when men succeed in their ways. Do not worry your wife or husband are not home yet. Do not worry when they carry out their wicked schemes. That's what this Bible is saying. Refrain from anger. Don't get angry about it. And turn from wrath. Do not worry. It says it again. It leads only to evil. For evil men will be cut off. For those who hope in the Lord will inherit the land. You will inherit your marriage to be restored. The Lord is saying, here's he's telling you what to do. And it says, the wicked plot out against the righteous. We know that other person is calling you everything. And, and is, is being deceived by the enemy. It's not, they do not understand. But God says, if the wicked do not repent, what is the consequence? We know the consequence. Do we not? Well, my question is, do you believe in God's amazing grace? God's amazing grace is God's unmerited favor. It's God's forgiving mercy and compassion. It's eternal life. We need to understand that um, God's amazing grace is all abundant. Imagine God's amazing grace. All sufficient. It's glorious. It's great. It's rich and undeserved in my concordance. It says all those words. Can you imagine that we have God's amazing grace living in us? When we accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, He's planted a seed, and we've got the Holy Spirit living in us and God's uh, grace. In fact, it says there's an incorruptible seed living in us in one of the scriptures. So we need to understand that God is able to do amazing so much. So let's go to Titus 2, and I'm not going to be able to do all the scriptures I have about God's amazing grace. But let's go to Titus 2. 11 to 14. And this is so awesome. And back many years ago, I wrote articles 
for being a Titus woman. And this is in chapter 2. And it starts in verse 11. May I start now? For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. Wow. That all men is that's God's plan. God's plan is he wants all men. He died on the cross for all sinners. Did he not? For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. He teaches us to say no to ungodliness. Now here is our accountability tonight. And I'm asking you to examine your heart, your tongue, your mind, your hands, your feet of where you're going. Where are you are and what the Lord wants us to be. It teaches us, verse 12, to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age while we wait for the blessed hope, the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us, and this is verse 14, to redeem us from all wickedness. Jesus Christ gave himself up. He died on the cross to redeem us from all wickedness and to purify for himself a people that are his very own, eager to do what is good. This Titus 2, verses 11 to 14, needs to be studied more by you guys. So it says... Purify for himself a people that are his very own, eager to do what is good. That is the grace of God. I'm challenging you. It is telling us at the very beginning that God's salva- the grace of God brings salvation to all men. We want to pray for all of our lost loved ones, and we want to pray for all the people that do not know Lord Jesus Christ. Our churches, we're praying for the churches to be filled up to overflowing. Um, if you want to hear on, um, on um, Family Talk, I don't know when it was, probably last week sometime, but he had George Barna on there and the stats of the church and the stats of the age limits of where we are as church and as Christians, and we're losing. We're, they're going down. We're not growing. And up, 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 we're the, the church as a whole, on all denominations, you know, it is, it's in trouble. Because we need to pray for a revival. Revive us. That's our prayer. Is that not? Revive your spouse's heart. And we need to pray for that. So we need to say no to all ungodliness and worldly passions. And we need to live self-controlled lives. Do we? And that's my, my conclusion. Ephesians Um, 1 and 2, when Paul wrote all the epistles, and Peter also did it, was that in many, on every one of Paul's epistles, in the beginning, he would go, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. He constantly reminded them, grace and peace be to all the believers in all the churches that they were building up. I'm saying to you, that's my prayer tonight for you. For you to have grace, for you to have peace, and that you have God's mercy 
you understand God's grace and mercy and peace is all available for you right now as a believer. But we have been lied to by the enemy. We have been lied to by the enemy to constantly think of all the bad things and the lies of the enemy. And we're believing the lies. We're believing the lies. And we need to, to humble ourselves and we need to, um, to, to, um, to get serious about it. It says, um, and I'll give you one scripture today. for homework tonight is to look up Ephesians 1, I just was there, verses 3 to 9. And study that. Paul wrote in his, all the books of the Bible, he wrote 13, I believe, in all of the books of the Bible, he wrote in Christ, in Christ, 160 times. Do you know that if you're saved, you are in Christ? And Jesus is standing at the right hand of God the Father, being the intercessor for you. But 36 times in the book of Ephesians, he wrote about being in Christ. My challenge is to you, read Ephesians and know who you are in Christ, that you can walk out and when you come back or next week, you have got faith, hope, and trust that you are radiating victory. And somebody is going to say, what has happened to you? And the Lord has spoken and filled you up with faith, hope, and trust. And you are not defeated and depressed and give up. The devil wants you to. But the Lord wants you to rise up and know who you are in Christ. He wants that you to live and act and believe who you are in that sphere, that domain of knowing Jesus Christ. 1 Peter 13 to 15 says, Be holy, separated from the ungodly ways of the world, but want to love and serve and worship God. So we have an assignment. We're not just supposed to sit here and wait, but we're to serve the Lord. We're to be holy. We're to be an example. We're to serve the Lord. But we're to love and serve and worship God. God's grace, 2 Corinthians 12.9 says, when Paul was going through all the trials and he had a thorn, the Lord, he pleaded three times, take it out, remove it. And he said, my grace is sufficient for you. For my power is made perfect in weakness. And you know what? How many times are we saying, please, Lord, please, Lord, remove this, remove this, remove this. And the Lord is saying, my grace is sufficient. And, and read uh, 2 Corinthians 12, 9 and the whole area of that. Because he is wanting you to understand he has not left do you believe in God's faithfulness every day? Are you asking him to get rid of your bad habits? Ask him to remove them in the name of Jesus. Remove your doubt, your fear, and unbelief. But instead, fill you up with 
reviving and rebuilding, restoring your marriage on the solid rock of Jesus Christ. Rekindle, reignite your agape and eros love into your marriage. He wants you to keep praying and to pray that he will resurrect your dead marriage. Keep praying for the Lord to resurrect it. Never doubt what the Lord can do. There was a song that if I could have had Tim do, and it would have taken too much time because I know my teaching was too long. It's Rodney Griffin. You can look it up on YouTube. It pays to pray. And he wrote it back several years ago, and Bob loves Southern gospel music. And I'm just going to close with this, this uh, song. I'm just going to read it to you. Hand in hand at the altar, in tears of celebration, we've never seen them smile like this before. She spent her life a-praying, on bended need, a-staying. And this morning, her husband, he surrendered to the Lord. There's a message in their story, only God can get the glory, when a child of his keeps knocking at the door. It pays to pray. It pays to call upon his name. It pays to pray. You see a miracle displayed. You'll forget the word impossible. When you seek the Savior's face, you'll know he'll make a way. It pays to pray. You're tempted to quit praying. You'll feel he's never listening. The time has come and you must make a choice. Do you stop believing? Forget what you've been seeing in? Or do you resolve that Jesus hears your voice? He will hush the angel praising just to hear what you are saying. At any moment now, you will rejoice. It pays to pray. It pays to call upon his name. It pays to pray. You'll see a miracle displayed. You'll forget the word impossible. When you see the Savior's face, you'll know he'll make a way. It pays to prayer. It pays to pray. Prayer is just as big as God is. Prayer is just as strong as God is strong. Prayer can reach as far as God can reach. And don't ever give up. Just pray. Rodney Griffin, it pays to pray. In 1 Corinthians 16, 13 and 14 is my closing scripture. Be on your guard. Stand firm in the faith. Be courageous, as Lori said earlier. Be strong and do everything in love. 1 Corinthians 16, 13, 14. Be on your guard. The devil's out, roaring back to and fro. But stand firm in the faith. Be courageous. Be a warrior. Be strong and do everything in love. Lord, we just thank you for tonight. We thank you for the people that are listened on this. And Lord, we thank you for the people in this room. Lord, we give you the praise. We give you the glory and honor of your word. Your word is so powerful. And when we read it, not just in one chapter, but we read it topically, by grace 
and praying. We believe and we can see your message so strongly of our responsibility to what we need to do in living a Christ-like life. Lord, help us to change us first. Help us to not live like the rest of the world is living. Help us not watch the TV shows or the other shows that are not Christ-like. Help us to put on a, a, um, a screen to cover our eyes of the wickedness and the evil that's going on. And may we not speak about it and, and tell all the bad about our spouses, but may we cover their nakedness. May we be blameless, and may we know that when they come home, they will not have to be embarrassed and mortified of all the details that everybody knows. We want our spouses to come to church with us, go to the altar, and be able to pray and accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, or repent and rededicate their hearts and their lives to you. Lord, we know that nothing is too hard for you, nothing is impossible, but we must learn the word. We must learn it topically, we must read the chapters, whatever way the Lord tells you to do it, start. Lord, help us be a good student and a doer of the word. Help us be a good example to our children when they study that we do likewise and have time that even they hear us praying for our family. Lord, help us teach our children to pray. Help us to be examples and be doers of the word that when they leave and graduate and go off to college, they will know that they need to pray for everything that mom and dad are not there right there. Their grandma's not right there. But they can know that we're praying for them miles away. Lord, help us teach our children the importance of what the word says. Lord, we give you the praise. We give you the glory that you are speaking to all the prodigals around the world. We're praying that you would speak to all the standards and have them repent and turn from their own wicked ways and their own uh, detour roads they've gone on. And may you bring the standard back on track and may they stand firm in the Lord and put on the armor of God the hedge of protection, the blood of Jesus over their family each and every day. Lord, we give you the praise and the glory for what you're going to teach these men and women as we've offered Roku and the other um, teachings that are available on there. It's, there's no limit to the spiritual growth that all these men and women can have. And that it's, it says our people perish for lack of knowledge. May that not be uh, held against Rejoice Marriage Ministries because we are willing to share and have them learn how to resurrect, restore, and build a healthy, strong marriage and be a lighthouse to others. And we will give you the praise and the glory in Jesus' precious, precious, holy name. Help all these men and women to be um, stirred up and, and willing to take the sacrifice of time and, we, and may you bless them abundantly and get them ready 
to have their spouses come home suddenly. In Jesus' precious holy name, I pray. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. If we can help you in any way, we invite you to visit the website of Rejoice Marriage Ministries at www.rejoiceministries.org. Thanks for joining us today as we proclaim that God heals hurting marriages. Divorce strikes families around the world, often with little notice. You can help us minister to these families with your financial gift. Visit rejoiceministries.org and help us teach men and women what Jesus can do for their hurting family.